the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. What's on your financial mind? Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, Don't know how I'm feeling today. What direction do you want me to go in? If you have an angle that you want me to push, let me know. Um, I'm surprised by how stupid some of the emails are that I get. And stupid, I just mean naive, because I've been doing this for so long. Like, I kind of know the rules. I kind of know the ideas. I kind of know the format. And someone emailed me the other day and said, uh, someone wants to buy Twitter so they can kick uh, Donald Trump off Twitter. Wrong. And I thought that kind of felt kind of like silly because it's not going to happen. So there was a CIA agent, former CIA agent, who came out in the news. Keep in mind, this is a a news headline, Valerie Plame Wilson, and she said that she wants to buy Twitter. She wants to raise money. She wants people to send her money to buy Twitter. Kind of a GoFundMe page. And it would be about $6 billion is all she'd need. Like the biggest GoFundMe page or Kickstarter page of all time by about $5.8 billion. <laughs> Just to give you a, a basic idea. Um, and someone was like, do you think that she could do that? Like, should I buy Twitter because she's going to buy Twitter? I'm like, are you really going that direction? And I'm, it just it reminds me at times that people should, you know, do a little money 101 in their life. Um because she was clearly saying, you know, if Twitter executives won't shut down Trump, then I will. And what she was trying to say is that he's doing damage to the comp- country. She's raised $6,000 on her goal towards $1 billion. And if you ever want to go figure out what $1 billion is, go write it down and you will be stunned 
um, by what that looks like compared to your bank account. And then I want you to go take a look at the same time a company like an Apple and take a look at their market cap and then listen to how much billions of dollars that they have in cash and then listen to how much billions of dollars or how many billions of dollars, not how much billions of dollars, um, how many billions of dollars that they have in revenue on the iPhone and other services and things along those lines. So when you do that, you'll go, whoa, you'll get whoa. a little more of a person. Did, did I say whoa? Whoa. Whoa. So when you do that, you'll get an appreciation that, you know, um, Apple's got a market cap of $827 billion. I own Apple. I own a little bit too much Apple. And I need to start selling it probably when the new phone comes out. In large part because when you're worth $827 billion, it's tough to make a dent in that. The law, law, law of large numbers kind of gets in the way. Now, they've done a nice job of coming up with MacBook Pros, but not to the tune of billions of dollars in profit. They've done a nice job of coming up with AirPods, but not to the tune of billions of dollars in profit. They're going to have an AirPod. Uh, no. Home. Air Home? I don't know what they're calling it. A HomePod. Something along those lines, but not to the tunes of billions of dollars. So for them to be revolutionary at this point in time, they've got to figure out, you know, what's the next big market. And they're going to try with augmented reality. And I still kind of am surprised by some people who see the dancing hot dog on Snap and go, that's so cool. And they start dancing with it. Ooh. Or on occasion on Pokemon Go, there's two modes. There's kind of like the flat 2D mode, but there's also the augmented reality mode. Pikachu! Where you can catch um, Tyranitar. And Tyranitar could be like on your dinner table. And you take a picture with Tyranitar. And it's kind of cool. I get it. Augmented reality. The question is, can we turn augmented reality into a billion-dollar industry? And there's going to be some ways that we do it. It would be nice to, you know, for long-lost loves to, you know, be in the, the same room with each other, even though they're 3,000 miles apart they're, you know, with virtual reality, augmented reality. Um, but we still got to get over those big, big honking computers that we wear on our head. So as uh, was it Mr. Frost who once said, we've got miles to go before we sleep. Uh, something along those lines. Are, are you with me against me? Because if you're not with me, then you're against me, and this is a civil war. You need to choose a side. Um, 800-516-1220 each calls on the air. It's 800. <laughs> That's not a civil war horn. What the hell was that? That was like a Kentucky Derby horn. Okay, that's a little bit better. It's not quite civil war. It's more medieval. But I'll go medieval on you if you, if you want me to. I'm with you. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, we're at a market that at this point in time feels incredibly slow, a little on the boring side. And those can be the dangerous ones because in the back half of the year, you get to the point where you're trying to find things to you know get excited about. And you're like, I just got back from vacation. And we know that October always has a surprise or two. We know that. Um, and there's been some big market corrections in October. Now, we also know that October, November, December can be a very friendly time of the year, in large part because of the old toilet flushing. Now, when I talk toilet flushing, I'm actually talking budget flushing. So work with me on that. And, you know, if your company has, if, if you have like three days of overtime 
or three days of vacation time that you need to use before the end of the year, guess what? You're probably going to use it. If your department's got you know $20,000 in paper supplies to buy, they're probably going to use it. So it kind of can be a seasonally unfriendly time of the year. It kind of can be a seasonally friendly time of the year as we go into the back half of the year. So focus today is on Jackson Hole. Again, let's come up with our favorite type of holes. My favorite type of hole is not a black hole, although that seems to be uh, one of my ex-girlfriends had one in her head because every thought disappeared. Yes, I know. In honor of Jerry Lee Lewis. I'm going to be doing a, a telethon of Rob's bad joke. Um, but my favorite type of hole is obviously a donut hole. Because it's like eating a donut, but without all the donut. Uh, so we had some seesaw to the, the action on the markets this week. Two days up, two days down. Now, the cumulative gains in the up days were better than the cumulative days on the down days. And the S&P 500 is up six-tenths of a percent. And it's on track to record its first weekly gain in three weeks. So we've had three negative weeks. Does it feel like it? That cushion is expected to be padded today. Um, it just so happens that today could be a turn of the tide kind of day. We get the Kansas City Federal Reserve's Economic Symposium in Jackson Hole, and specifically speeches from Fed Chairman Janet Yellen and ECB President Mario Von Dragen, which are going on. Um, she's going on early in the morning, like at 7 a.m., and he's going on in the afternoon at noon Pacific time. So to be clear, the market doesn't necessarily expect either central bank to drop any policy bombs. Kaboom! With their remarks, yet there is a sense that if something happens, a tide can turn on Wall Street. If their speeches run along more of the academic course, there will be nothing to get excited about because economists talking academics is pretty darn boring. But it's, it's all quiet on the Jackson Hole front right now. We'll pay attention to it. We'll talk about it. Um, clean slate of earning responses, Ultra Beauty, Big Lots, Broadcom, all topped expectations. GameStop missed expectations. Always have a seminar coming up. Coming up, one in Marin, September 9th. It's on retirement income and wealth preservation. You can sign up for it September 9th from 10 to noon in San Rafael at Rob Black Show. Rob Black Show. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. It's RADIO25. That's coming up. This morning's topic, we're taking your calls right now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. What's on your financial mind? Anything you want to talk about we could talk about? Um, I got some thoughts. I got some thoughts, and some of them are a little easier than others to digest. Um, and what do I mean by that? Um, I saw recently, and I don't know how you're going to feel about this. You know how we're talking about the living wage for people in America and how everyone should have the right to have a living wage, right? And I mostly agree. 
I, I, I think sometimes we live in a society of haves and have-nots, and that's why we get these very dramatic events like Occupy Wall Street. Um, but one of the things that I fear is that the living wage, and this is kind of across the political spectrum in my opinion, it seems to me that the job creators in America, the real job creators, the small businesses, uh, when you and your friend take a chance and start a company, you and your friend take a chance and start a pizzeria, you and your friends take a chance and... Those are the ones that create the jobs locally, and they, they create lots and lots and lots of jobs. They are the blood of the U.S. economy. And when you start talking about living wages, that I hate to say it. I think we have to have some jobs that are reserved for teenagers, and they can't be jobs like McDonald's. In my opinion, now you can get mad at me for saying that, but I remember it was almost a rite of passage growing up that you know when you're 16, 17, 15, and your parents are starting to give you a car, and, you know, you'd be like, hey, uh, Mandy, um, or you'd, you and Tony would go to McDonald's and get a, a shake or ice cream after a football game. And you'd see your friend Mandy who's in your social studies class. And you're like, hey, Mandy, um, I didn't know you work here. And you start flirting. And like, they're kind of the rite of passage that younger people kind of man the registers kind of thing. And the guys did the fries and the burgers because they're gross and greasy and I, I, I just I grew up like that, and the money wasn't great, but it wasn't meant to be great, you know, because your your bills when you're 15, 16, 17 are pretty much so restrained. But I saw something recently, and you know, again, when we talk about livable wages, and I have a friend who owns four, five, five guys, and he's not wealthy, and it is a ton of work, and trying to find people that are trained and stay, that combination is pretty brutal. But when robots steal our jobs, that's what's going to happen when we start saying, you know, we need to pay people $15 an hour to work at McDonald's. In my opinion. Now, again, whatever minimum wage is, that's fine by me. But when you start calling it a livable wage for a job that's not meant to be a career, that starts to become problematic for the guy, the franchisee who owns it. So what does San Francisco do? Knowing that if you know, they jack the price to $15 to $20 for a minimum wage... You've already seen there's a kiosk in San Francisco that does all your food for you. You go in, you, you say what type of grain you want, you say what sort of fruit or vegetable you want on top of it, you say what sort of potential spices you want in it, and herbs, herbs, not herbs, herbs. And then I like the way you say that. It magically makes it for you. No person involved. Swipe credit card here. It's, you know, like the airlines, when you check in now, it's like, hey, do it over at the kiosk because we don't want a person doing it for you. That person, if we have to have four of them, uh, we'd rather have one or two. So what happens when that five guys goes robotic and has, you know, robots that uh, drop the fries and keep things grease-free and uh, less clean-up? I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Well, here's what I fear is San Francisco. They're going to make the guy who makes the robot or the guy who uses the robot pay taxes. That's something that residents of San Francisco are being asked to think about right now. The city's District 6 Board of Supervisors, a woman named Jane Kim, she wants to find cash to help folks out with retraining or a universal basic income when robots take over their toils. And the suggestion for generating that money is a tax on robots. That's pretty out there for me. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. San Francisco certainly isn't stuffed full of robots right now, but it's easy enough to imagine a non-too-distant future. In the near future, where autonomous taxis 
uh, rule the roads, and burgers are flipped by bots. In contexts where robots are taken over directly from human workers, the idea seems to make sense to tax them, or does it? Um, I don't know. And then what do we call a robot? Like, what do we call a door that automatically opens a robot at some point in time because we need a doorman to do that for us? It's a hell of a question. So, you know, there's been similar suggestions, most notably from Bill Gates, have ultimately been dismissed in the past because Bill Gates was kind of kooky in the 1990s. In the 2000s, he started to transform himself. Now he is the hero of the world with his Gates Foundation, getting other billionaires to pledge and, you know, trying to do things like uh, get people immunized, get people fed, get people clean water, get people food. He's got a project right now that he's funded that's starting to go national in the United States in grocery stores where it's a plant-based hamburger. So it's it looks like a hamburger, it tastes like a hamburger, it even bleeds like a hamburger. But it's not a hamburger. My personal opinion is that we should tax meat eaters because the amount of damage that steaks um, and, and chicken breasts do to our society, both on weight gain, on heart disease... But then on the amount of food and water that they consume to get that, you know, nice and fat and plump for you is outrageous. So what do you think about a 50% tax on your, your filet tonight? I think it'd be That's a good thing. It's not terrible, Charles. Just because you eat a lot of steaks, ter- Charles, doesn't That's mean it's terrible. Ter- oh, you'll get over it, Charles. And you'll be healthier, too. Mmm, the nice bowl of quinoa. Mmm. It's like eating dirt. Oh, oh. It's a desert. Um, so Bill Gates has talked about it. And he was dismissed, in part because taxing robots will disincentivize companies from adopting them, leading to a failure to capitalize on increases in productivity that can stimulate the economy. You know, what do you do? Do you do you tax Ford and Tesla for having you know a robot a robotic arm pick up a piece of metal and weld it? Do you do that too? Where do we stop here? Um, so we're still working on what defines a robot. And that's a bit of a problem. So Wired Magazine is a great magazine if you want. To me, for me, okay, wait, wait, for me. When I go to bed, I like reading two magazines. Wired Magazine, because it's all about the future. It's got some pretty cool things on it. But also I like reading Jugs Magazine. Because 16th century Byzantine pottery. Behave yourself. It's nice. It's nice. So, it's nice. Anytime we find a new... um Oh, sure. A veritable plethora of jugs in the ground. I'm all about it. All about it. So I'm fairly philosophical in the idea of what will the outcome of robots be. And in reality, it's not clear the best way to impose taxes on automation. Is it an argument? I don't even know yet. To me, it feels incredibly forced. There's other ways to tackle the problem that don't focus on machines, like reducing tax on human labor. Oh, we didn't think about that. How about you give a small business incentive to hire a real person by cutting the taxes, that payroll taxes? Could be a solution not to tax the robots. Let the robots have their parade. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblackshow.com.
black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Altria recently hiked their dividend 8.2%. They raised their quarterly dividend, but at a smaller clip than some expected. Still, analysts say that's a catalyst for the stock. Some people like big butts. Some people like blondes. Some people like brunettes. I cannot lie. I like dividends and I like buybacks. I don't necessarily like buybacks when they're using debt to buy back their stock, but I'm not against it either. An 8.2% dividend hike is good, but is it good enough? Cigarette maker Altria announced that their board voted to raise their quarterly dividend. So you buy 100 shares of Altria, or $100 of Altria, and they give you 4.1% every year. It's like money in the bank, except for it's not in a bank. It's like money in stock. It's like money in a corporation that you own. Some analysts are a little disappointed. They want it 9%. Now, again, smoking is so 1990s, right? And when you look at Altria, the house that Marble Man built. Disney is the house that the mouse built. Altria Group owns the largest cigarette company in the United States through their subsidiaries. The world's number one seller of cigarettes um, by a long shot. Um, as far as brands go, they've got Parliament, Virginia Slims, basic brands, amongst others. Altria has diversified from solely a cigarette maker to a purveyor of cigars and pipe tobacco through a company called John Middleton. Ladies and gentlemen, if you use a pipe, please brush your teeth three to five times a day because you have nasty, nasty teeth and breath. Ah! Smokeless tobacco products through UST. And they got wine right now through St. Michelle Wine Estate. So Altria is now a wine company? Now, Altria is the U.S. version of Philip Morris. Philip Morris is the international version of Philip Morris. Because Philip Morris, we know, is a cancer company. Altria sounds great, doesn't it? Sounds altruistic. Sounds like a utopian word. Let's go down to the Altrium today and, uh, how shall we say, vape. No, you're not supposed to vape. For the record, did you know South Park's going to play 258 episodes straight before the new uh, season premiere? I'm going to try to watch at least at least 15 minutes of that, that marathon. You will respect my authority! And what better way to honor Jerry Lewis after his passing and his telethon weekend than, by all means, a South Park marathon. Fells one, collect underpants. Fells two, fells three, profit! I do love the underwear gnomes. And I wish they would come visit me more often. Because they collect my underpants... And they've got some sort of business model. And they're about to tell it to me. Fells one, collect underpants. Fells two, fells three, profit. Ha, <laughs> you got it, huh? Yes. Profits, big profits, and that's what uh, Philip Morris makes. So that's worthy of note. When you take a look at the company and look at their dividend increase, you know it could be a tough month for the company at any point in time. And when the shares fall, the dividend looks more attractive because you're getting a percentage you're getting a, a set uh, dividend payout, and that percentage looks bigger as the stock goes lower. So if you you buy $100, and, then it, and you're going to have 4.2% yield, and it goes down to $90 a share, you're probably getting more like, like a 4.6% yield, which is even better. Now, again, is it for everyone? No. Now, 
What would you give a pumpkin who's trying to quit smoking? This is a big question. Probably a pumpkin patch. What did the blonde write on the bottom of her swimming pool? No smoking. What does ducks smoke? What does a duck smoke? Hi, oh, Johnny, I do not know. What does a duck smoke? Quack cocaine. Okay, now those were good enough. Eh, maybe the last one was good enough for your six-year-old, eight-year-old son. But it's close. How about this one? Because it, 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 it merges two things that I hate, smoking and cats. How can you tell a cat is done cleaning herself? How can you tell a cat is done cleaning herself? Hi-oh! I do not know, great one! She's smoking a cigarette. So, so I just go out there and I tell you to buy... I didn't tell you to buy Altria. Buy Altria, buy Altria. You must buy Altria. Smoking is good. You must smoke. I didn't say that. That's the voice inside my head. But... The dividend yield is pretty darn attractive, 3.83% right now. The P.E. is pretty low, and people are going to continue to smoke. Now, at some point in time, that we will look at smoking a lot like we look at vampires, so that it doesn't really exist. But, you know, a thousand years ago, vampires really did exist, and they roamed the earth. Um, but then vampire hunters, like Vin Diesel, caught them and killed them all. So at some point in time some point in time, this won't be a dividend player, an income player. But right now, eh, I get it. My dad died of cancer. It's the most horrible thing to watch. He had a heart attack, and then when he had a heart attack, the doctors you know, ripped open his chest, and they go, oh, you got cancer in your lungs. And he went through chemotherapy. He went through radiation once, and he got most of it out. Uh-oh, it came back. And when it came back, they said, you're going to have six months to live. And he goes through chemo. He doesn't even go through chemo at that point in time. He does. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Um, but it's a horrible thing to watch. And to watch, you know, a man who was once vital and powerful become weak, it's, it's disturbing to say the least. So I throw that out there not to be a killjoy, but to throw it out there. Um, and to say, you know, by doing a cat joke smoking... It's kind of a way of desensitizing and making a little bit of fun of the whole process of life and death and scenarios along those lines. 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. If you're in your 30s, if you're buying a house, figure out your budget first. In your 30s, you have to grow up. It's time to. You can no longer be on Tinder. You can no longer be on Tinder and go out on five dates on Valentine's Day. And how do you even do that? Valentine's Day weekend, like breakfast, lunch, dinner, uh, breakfast, lunch, coffee, Dinner. I did seven. I'm going to do eight next year with an after-dinner drink, right? If you're a woman on Tinder, you rule the world. If you're a man on Tinder, good luck. So few purchases are exciting as buying a home, but that's what you do in your 30s, most of us. So you got to think about kitchen appliance. you got to think about bedrooms. you got to think about affordability. You want to keep the standard measure of housing affordability in your head, 30% or less of your pre-tax income. It's not a hard and fast rule, but it is a rule. Um, a typical homeowner earns $70,800 a year. <laughs> Good luck doing that in the Bay Area. If you're in your 30s, consider going back to school um, to figure out how to, you know, a degree would uh, affect your finances. In your 20s, you got that career going, you got out of college, and you're like, ooh, I'm kind of maxing out at 80000 So how much will you earn after you graduate? 
how much will you earn uh, if you get a master's? How much income will you lose while you're in school? Those are all big issues. But typically, if you're married and or you know dating someone, one of the two people can you know go back to school even if it's part time. So if you are in your 30s and you're thinking about having a child, start thinking about the unknown. A child will cost you about $233,000 from age zero to 17. Some expenses associated with a child can be reduced. Um, some of them can't be reduced. So diapers, baby food. I get it. You have to put diapers and baby food in the kid, right? But then some of your expenses like dining out and travel, you might be able to reduce that to offset some of the the gain, uh, the costs of raising a kid. So a kid changes your financial plan. It changes your romance plan. It changes a lot. The average annual cost of full-time care for a kid under four is about $10,000 a year. So that's about the same as tuition in a lot of colleges, in a lot of states. So kids are not cheap. From zero to four, you're sending them to college if you have some sort of nanny help. So if you're thinking about getting divorced, um, look at your state laws. Like, for instance, if you're married 11 years in California, 10 years becomes alimony for life. So if you're at eight years, you may want to start thinking about it. Now, I'm kidding, sort of, but different states handle assets differently, so you may need to enlist experts to help you. Using experts are not a bad thing. Once you know where you're starting from, it's important to determine your ideal outcome. And remember, you once were in love, and divorce is a big life transition. Um, I know someone who lives with four roommates, and she says it's a nightmare because two of the guys are divorced, and one of them's like 62 years old trying to get on Tinder. It's not meant for you. It's not meant for you. There's something um, for old age that's meant for you. It's not tender. So. Yeah, no kidding. The tender for people over 60 should be sponsored. I mean, the only ads you would see on it are Viagra and Cialis, right? Is that fair to say? Is that fair to say? Is that fair to say? Hello? Is this on? It's 130% true. Thank you, Ron. He always backs my science-based negotiation tactics. That's right, Jack. Yeah, so the other guy, he lives with, it's three guys and two women, and they're all single roommates. And uh, so one's 61 and one's like 40. And he's, he's the bitter guy in divorce. And uh, he keeps bringing home, how shall we say, big women. So he's not exactly quiet. So getting old and divorce is a life change. I mean, that's a perfect example right there. Um, so you got to start thinking of these things, moving out of your apartment and, you know, moving into a house, uh, moving from a girlfriend to a wife, moving from, you know, a wife to a mother and father. Those are all very big issues, and it's something you need to start figuring out in your 30s. So, um, and if you're not saving money in your 30s, you're falling way behind. If you haven't saved money for retirement in your 40s, you're going to work till the day you die. I'm Roberto Negro, Senior Roberto Negro, in honor of NAFTA. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, robblackshow.com. Uh, big events coming up, uh, radio uh, seminars, live in person. If there are, sign up at Rob Black Show and use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. You can't grow no more. And where we the conversation 800-516-1220 that's 800-516-1220
516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. I've hit some broad swath of topics today, and I always feel pretty good about that. Um, one of the things that I'm very conscious of uh, is always trying to give you a little bit of value, hopefully in every segment. Sometimes it's just entertaining. Sometimes it's a life lesson. Sometimes it's a little bit bigger than that. Chipotle is at risk of exploding avocado prices. Maybe they'll want to go to Whole Foods and get them from Amazon. If you dig where I'm going at with this. Um, and what do I mean by that is pretty simple. Chipotle is at risk of exploding avocado prices. And a lot of people go to Chipotle and, you know, they make you a little bowl. And I always feel lucky because I get the bigger bowl of rice than the person in front of me or behind me. Like, they like me. They must really like me. The black beans. And then I'm like, avocado. Avocado. And avocados are like one of those you know, um, fruits that are, are pretty tough on the economy because the amount of water that they consume. So a recent surge in avocado prices could have a material ramifications for a company like Chipotle Mexican Grill, where Mexican food is heavy avocado-based, I think is a fair statement. If not, please, if you want to protest me, my name is Ray Lucia. And you can find me at the American Hat doing the Mexican hat dance. And with my friend Speedy Gonzalez, who also owns a muffler shop. Speedy Mufflers. <laughs> so here's a question for you. That transmission commercial, you know the one? I think it's Speedy Transmission. Does that sound right? Or, or Midas Muffler? Why do they honk the horn at the end of the commercial? Transmissions and mufflers have nothing to do with horn sounds. So like, make the transmission go... Or make the muffler sound like it's purring like a kitten. What is this? <laughs> so Credit Suisse analyst Jason Wesson Jory uh, Winslow said that avocado prices have increased about 75% since mid-July, and they're up about 50% year over year. The spike puts pressure on the fast casual chain's food costs. Chipotle's management warned that avocado prices were creeping higher during their July earnings conference call. Food costs account for about 34.1% of the sales uh, over at Chipotle. If you look at a chart of Chipotle, Mexican girl, it is ugly. It's the old phrase from when you were a kid. U-G-L-Y, you ain't got no alibi, you ugly. Right? Do you remember that? It's the same concept. So, anyway, what I was trying to get at is Amazon.com came out and bought Whole Foods. And this week there was, I'm not going to say a challenge, um, 
But the moment Amazon said they're going to drop the price of avocados and lower the cost of food at Whole Foods, I'm like, that's kind of nice. Because you used to go in and one bag of groceries was like 60 bucks. Now, I'm not one to cry and whine about that. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm one to cry and whine about that. Um, because I, you want to be as practical as possible. But Amazon comes out and said, you know, um, starting Monday, starting Monday, the price of items like avocados, bananas, and organic baby kale and salmon are going to come down. The company said in a joint statement, Amazon and Whole Foods, the goal is to make organic food more affordable for everyone. Are you kidding me? Like, this is almost a dream come true. Unless, of course, you're Safeway or Albertsons or potentially or Kroger or Walmart or Target, who also sell food. My favorite grocery store. What's your favorite grocery store? My favorite grocery store is not Lucky's. I find Lucky's to be very unlucky. But with that said, my favorite grocery store, Piggly Wiggly. Is there not a better name for a grocery store than Piggly Wiggly? Not a good sign when you meet your girlfriend's parents for the first time and they're her, her pappy and her uncle are on the, the I'm going to say veranda, but it's too complicated of a word. The patio. Where most of the screens and the screen doors are missing. When they're pappy, they're, her uncle are playing this very tune as you walk up. And he says, boy, come on in. We are going to have some fun today. That's when you might want to turn around and run. So the companies Amazon and Whole Foods are going to start integrating Amazon Prime into the Whole Foods point of sale system. Amazon Prime customer rewards program and Whole Foods and continuously lower prices they invent together. Oh, wait, wait. I'm all about rewards. I've got a credit card that has rewards on it. I'm kind of a big deal. At Hilton, they say, thank you very much, Mr. Black. You're a Hilton diamond member. I'm kind of a big deal. So the whole idea of Whole Foods getting together and offering some sort of rewards program through Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime's already kicking butt. You know one of the top apps, the top app for (coughs) people 12 to 18 right now? It's not Facebook. It's not Instagram. It's not Snap. It's Amazon. And those little kids are going to grow up to be mid-sized kids, except for the little kids who were suffering from dwarfism. They're going to stay little kids or little adults. But those little kids are going to grow up to be big shoppers in the future. That's what I'm saying. Big shoppers in the future. And Amazon's in the right place. And using Whole Foods, organic, are you kidding me? (laughs) Even if it's not as organic as they say, because there's pollution there and cows eat pollution, eat grass that pollution falls on. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Don't forget, I always have a seminar coming up. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free at robblackshow.com. The closer you get to retirement, the more you need to start thinking about how you can get the most out of your nest egg. Hi, I'm Rob Black. On September 9th, I'll be in San Rafael, along with CFP Chad Burton and attorney Michelle Lerman, for a special event focused on retirement income strategies and estate planning. We're going to help you get a better picture of how to manage your retirement income so that it lasts longer, lets you live comfortably, and protects your family. Which accounts you should draw from first? What's the best way to manage your IRAs and your 401ks? How should you handle your Social Security? We'll cover all that and show you how to minimize your taxes. And we'll go over retirement products. Which ones are the good ones? Which ones to avoid? 
What if long-term care becomes an issue? That could drain your entire estate if you don't protect it. Just the tip of the iceberg. Join us Saturday, September 9th, 10 to noon at Sheraton San Rafael. Register now at robblackshow.com. For KDOW listeners, we'll waive the $25 fee. Just use promo code RADIO25 when you register. That's robblackshow.com, promo code RADIO25. Hope to see you there. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.